Jerry Tellis here with Make Him Believe LFT. I'm here with Pierre Evans. Honor, honor to have this man on the podcast and someone I look up to as a mentor every day of my life, especially through my struggle. What's up, Pierre? Thank you for being on. No, nah, man, thank you for having me, man. I truly appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about who Pierre Evans is, what he's put on this earth to do. So Pierre Evans, man, is uh is a guy that now I can actually be proud of, right? I can actually uh my, my kids can be proud of, my wife can. Uh grew up in Rhode Island, Providence, that little that little speck on the map. And um, you know, when I tell people I'm from Providence, they're like, Oh, that little old place. Um, it's, it's beautiful that, you know, I used to, I was there in the service, so I passed through and it, it is beautiful, just not inside of Providence, right? Providence yeah. is a, is a world of its own, man. It's a, it was my combat zone where, you know, I, I hear about people going into the military and going to war. That's, that's what it was like to be in that little city with a bunch of sides that don't get along and you can't even get away from each other. So I'm the guy, man, that, that grew up in that, that where most people don't make it out of. And nobody definitely makes it out and comes back to get you. So for me, one of the, you know, what makes me who I am and makes me do what I am is I was able to make it out. And I always said that once I get out, I'm not going to forget where I come from. And it's more than, than just meant to. It's more of being, you know, a take action with it, which means right. I need to go back into that environment. I need to help people in that environment and show them how I use the skills that I learned in the streets growing up, you know, hustling, banging and, and doing all of them things to now be outside of that world and have people pay me to come in and consult, uh, pay me to coach, pay me to speak. How did I use that life to flip it around to be able to get paid from doing, you know, a new hustle, but with the same type of mentality in a new environment? So for me, man, that's my lifelong mission is to be able to show other people from where that come from places like I come from, how to go ahead and make their life better. Right, man. Right. And I feel like you've helped me a lot. Even when I first met you, when I went to Michigan state, I slept in the airport. I was going to Sierra Thomas and it was a blessing to connect with you because you were the second speaker and you told your story with so much pain and so much struggle that I felt like I connected so much with, and especially the way your heart was. And, after me leaving, I looked up to you, listened to your videos, you pushed me through. Um, and you were one of the biggest reasons why I went to go back and play college ball. You kept my hope and I appreciate you for sending your videos out and inspiring me every day. Wow, listen, man, I got I got, I got goosebumps like all up and down my back, my arms right now. I, I, you know, like I say all the time, man, this, things like that is what keeps me going. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't do this for, for fame. I don't do it for money. I do it for, for the love, man. I do it because I know that I wish somebody would have reached a hand out to me or would have, you know, went through what I've been through and talked to me. So now I can look and say, Oh, you're credible. It's funny how, in, you know, in business people say, do you have a track record? You know, you go on an interview and they say, do you have experience doing this? And if you don't, they don't want to hire you, but you know, you can come from, a, a deep holes of depression you can come from deep in the streets where that's all you know and make it out and somehow we disregard that i have experience to show you how to get out of a dark place right i have experience to show you how to take your street life and turn it into a prosperous life that you can be proud of so why is it that we look for other people to say oh you're certified in this right. and 
not you look at your life and realize what you're certified in. And you're certified in whatever you went through and came out of better. If you go through something and you come out the same, you don't get a certification for that. But if you go in and you come out better than you was when you was in, you're now certified. You got a passing grade. And I had to start to look at that and say, whoa, hold on. I'm way more valuable than I think now that I understand what it is to be certified. So I just think, man, once we look at our life and we understand what being certified is, you'll find things in your life, man, your pains that you came through. You know, it, it certified you to go out and help somebody else, man, and create a life for yourself. Man, I, I listened to that. I get goosebumps. And I'm, I'm so thankful to even be on a call with you or even being uh, be able to text you, be able to call you, because you are definitely a mentor I looked up to, just like Inky Johnson, Eric Thomas, and especially like Les Brown. You were one of the few videos I listened to every single day, and, and I knew those words were so strong for me to get out of the situation I was in. And I just wanted to be 100% transparent with that, just because that video just helped me so much. Man, you know, you know that's uh, one of the things of thinking uncomfortable equals growth that I had to, I had to really think about life and I had to think about everything that I was avoiding and the things I was avoiding, I would never grow in. So I had to ask myself, like, why, like, why do you avoid, you know, picking up a book and reading? Well, I can't read, like my reading's terrible, right? Why do you avoid writing out your vision? Well, I can't spell, my, my spelling's terrible. Right? Like why, why write? I'm going to do the things that I already know how to do but once you keep doing what you know how to do, where, where can you learn something new, right? How can you learn something new? So when I started to realize that everything that I was avoiding, everything that I wasn't doing was stopping me from growing. And I wasn't doing it because it gave me a pain. It exposed the fact that, you know, I was dumb in an area. And I said, whoa, hold on, man. Let's, let's really think about that. Let's play it back. Let's rewind. Was I always smart in areas that I feel like I'm smart now? No. How did I learn? I learned it accidentally, right? By being in environments and being around people who were doing, you know, who was out there in the streets hustling, who learned how to survive in the streets. I was around them and accidentally picking it up. So I said, what happens if I find people that are living a life that, you know, I think I want to live. I don't know yet because I don't know what the life is, but let me just start to get around some new people. And it was very uncomfortable. But I said, let me stay here because in the streets, I was uncomfortable being around the older guys because I was getting picked on and I was getting bullied. But that was teaching me how to survive. That was teaching me that in the, you know, in the world, people are going to be mean to you. In the world, people are going to test you. So when I started to take that, that piece and put it over into the, the world that I wanted to get in, I said, oh, they're being like this because they're testing me to see if I really want this. So I started to hang around and I noticed places I felt uncomfortable once I started to feel comfortable, my knowledge went up and they started to come to me and ask me questions. You know, my credibility went up. So I said, wow, let me try it again. And I said, yo, every time I get uncomfortable and I'm nervous to do something, but I go do it. Once I get through it and people see me hanging around and not just leaving, the respect they have for me goes up. Just like in the streets, you know, when the big guys pick on you, you know, you can sit there and, and pout, you can cry, you can leave. But when one pick on you and you sit there and you punch them, right? Or you throw something at them. They're like, yo, little man be wilding. So I started to take that same concept and say, okay, I'm going to go over here. And when they ask questions, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to speak up. I'm going to let them know like, yo, I know a little bit too, right? Because there was another way you couldn't be aggressive on the other side of the tracks. That was just over there. I had to figure out the aggression level. There's a difference between 
you know, being being confident and being arrogant. I had to figure that out. And when I figured that out, I said, okay, yep, every time I'm uncomfortable, I get to grow. So I started telling myself every day, man, uncomfortable equals growth. And that's where it was birthed from. You see, so that's what I'm saying. Like the certification, you're certified. If you went through something and you figured out how to make it work, bro, you're certified now. It sounds like you've been through a lot of pain, right? Sounds like you've been through yeah. a lot of struggle. So going through the struggles, what would you say put you in a position you are today? Some of the deepest parts of your struggles. What are some struggles you went through? Yeah, so, um, man, uh, you know, as a, and I talk about it in the book, you know, as a young kid, you know, I, I attempted suicide three times, you know, fortunately it, it didn't, you know, I didn't succeed. You know, that's one thing I'm happy that I didn't succeed in and I won't go back to try to get that victory. Um, but I think about the sacrifices that my mother made and the pain that I put it through, but she continuously made the sacrifices to give me better, right? She continuously, you know, went to work every day. She continuously put food on the table. She continuously did the best she could as a mother and as playing a father role. And when I start to think about what I put her through and me attempting suicide, I'm, that's a pain seeing her face when I had the rope around my neck and she walked in the room, seeing that look on her face is a pain where I feel like I owe my mother. And I said, Ma, I, I owe you a lot. She said, you don't owe me nothing. You just keep doing what you're doing. But for me, I feel like I owe her. I could never take that away. But every time I talk, everything I do, I'm doing it to give my mother a smile, right? I'm doing it to give my mother a sense of relief. Like, I don't have to worry about my son. If something happens to me, my son's going to be okay. So that's a pain that I learned to use it and, and use the benefit of it. Every pain has a benefit, right? We got to, our job is to find out what is the benefit of that pain. And if you don't identify a benefit, then you're going to keep going through the pain and get nothing out of it. So if you're going to feel pain, get something from it. I watched my cousin laid out on the ground, man, 22 shots, two to the, three to the head, and it was in a diamond shape, close cluster, right, in a triangle. And I'm looking at it, and when I seen him, I thought about everything that we ever talked about, every vision that he ever had, every idea, the thing, you know, what he wanted our life to look like. Even though we was in the streets, there was a plan. And for me, he'll never wake up again and be able to go and execute that plan. So the pain of me seeing him there, I can't sit there and do absolutely nothing. I got to take that pain of me seeing him and say, yep, let me get up and let me execute every day at a whole nother level. Let me execute as you would if you was here. Let me not be lazy because I got the opportunity to get up. You don't. So I'm taking every bit of pain and all I want to do is find the smallest bit of light in every pain and keep pushing forward. And most people, what they do is they, they feel a pain. They talk about the pain. They're around people that keep asking them, how do you feel? What, do, you know, what, what did it feel like? Tell me about it. Tell me how it is instead of talking about what, what's the solution? How do we make something better out of this, right? How do we adapt? How do we adapt to the pain we feel? How do we adapt to this environment we're in? And when we learn how to do that, anytime we can adapt, we can now guarantee our success, right? We can guarantee our survival if we can adapt. So I'm, I'm adapting to every bit of pain you throw at me. Yes, I'm going to identify it. And once I identify it, now I'm adapting to finding a solution from this pain. I just need a speck of light, man. That's all I need. 
there's a speck of light. Think about the new phones when they come out, right? The camera, you can shoot in dark rooms and it finds a little bit of light and it grabs it and intensifies it. So right. do the same thing with your life. When you have a problem, cool. See, get inside the problem and find a bit of light in there. What, what are you supposed to learn from this? And then you grow that and the problem will disappear, right? Because you're inside of it now and you're destroying it from the inside out. Most people, man, trying to just look at the outside of the problem like it's going to disappear or take care of itself. So for me, pain is nothing other than an opportunity to learn and work on my mental toughness. You work out all the time, but because you're working out, is that working on the mental toughness? It is if you push yourself when you feel like quitting and you don't, but most people don't do that, right? So to work on our mental toughness and truly build it so it's unbreakable, we got to go through a lot of pain and come through that pain. And when we come through that pain with all our scars and, and, and you know, all our battered syndromes that we might have, when we come out on the other side, we're built a lot stronger. You made me tear up a little bit just because you talked about your mom and why you do what you do. And I feel like I tried to transition everything I do now with taking no days off and really working for her so I can keep my promise to my mom and to my family and everything for them. And just hearing you have some sort of same testimony, just I'm just thankful for you sharing that because now now I got a little more fuel on, you know, my situation isn't unique. My situation is is real and a lot of people go through it. And I'm, and I'm not the only one that's doing what I'm doing, trying to change the era, change uh, people's lives by the pain I went through. Uh, so with that being said, Pierre, if all these struggles and everything you went through what clicked to you changing and helping uh, change your perspective to help the next generation? Because a lot of people can't think like that or even change their motive to why they do what they do. So it, it's, um, it's a, it's a combination of things, man. And the, the first thing is you got to get to the point where you're tired of, of living a double life, right? Cause nobody wakes up, right? I, I never woke up and said, yeah, I want to go to jail today. I never woke up and said, I want to die today, right? I never woke up and said, I want this day to be the worst day ever. But when I look at my actions, my actions said, I want to go to jail. I want to die. I want this to be the worst day. Why? Because I wake up, I grab my drugs I need to bring out for the day. I grab my gun I need to carry for the day. And I go hang out with people that have no, no positive impact on my life. And because I'm hanging with these group of people and I'm doing these things that I'm doing, I'm saying that I want to do everything that I don't want, right? I don't want to die. I don't want to go to jail. And I definitely want to make it home at the end of the night, no matter what. So because of that, when I'm, I'm starting to really think about who I am, like, Pierre, who are you? You get shot at, cool. You go home. You know, we, once you get shot at, you're in the streets. Yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you're having all these conversations and, and how you're mad. And as soon as you go home, you're like, man, why am I living this life? Like your eyes are watery. You're crying. I, you know how many times I done paced through the house smoking a blunt and I'm, and I'm crying, right? And then when I'm done, I go outside and I act like I wasn't in the house crying. Like I was, I, I act like I wasn't in the house asking myself, why am I living this stupid life? Why am I going through the things I'm going through? And I was. So over the years of these things continuously happening and continuously going through the nonsense and continuously having my actions say what my mind doesn't want, I had to, I had to ask myself, do you, do you want to go to jail for the fake you? Do you want to die for the fake you, right? Are you trying to 
use the fake you to impress other people that don't even love themselves enough. And when I was truthful with myself and I said, nah, that's not what I want. I noticed I started to distance from people as much. So now, you know, I got my girlfriend. She's like, yo, I need you in the house every day, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. Don't be out. People used to be like, yo, why are you going in so early? Like, yo, man, my girl, she want me in. Like, I'm going in the house. And they would laugh and they would make jokes. But if I'm in the house at 9, 10 o'clock, and I notice most people are going to jail and being shot between, you know, 11 and 3 in the morning, well, I'm in the house already. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find ways to bring the odds of, you know, things happening to me down. And she helped me to do that. So I had somebody that I cared about to where I was respecting them enough to bring myself in the house. Now, did I have late nights? Absolutely, right? But... On, on average, I got in the house and she always used to tell me like, yep, you ain't going to be doing this forever. Like, what are you doing with your life? Like always used to ask me this. So I started to say, wow, like she's asking me this, but the people I'm hanging out in the streets, they're not asking me none of that. They're just trying to get me to be a part of more of what they're doing. If they need some, you know, can I be there to help them get out? Like they would be there to help get me out. So in the streets, we had a great relationship, but nobody was pushing each other to get out. So I started to look and I'm like, man, if she's doing that, but they're not doing that, like who really cares? Right. And, and it kind of hard. You're like, yeah, I grew up with them people. So I know they love me. I know they care, but they don't really care about themselves. I don't really care about myself. So I'm not really pushing them. So when you start to look at, you know, making change and what what is it that you can do to make a change? The first thing you need to do is you need to distance yourself from people that are toxic. And sometimes it's people that are just like you. Right. Because sometimes we're toxic in our in our own self and the people we're around are toxic because like minded people attract each other. So therefore, I had to start to say, wow, they're just like me. I don't need people just like me. I need people that are doing better than me so they can push me to do more. And if I'm not willing to do more, I can't even be around them because they don't want to be around me because I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm now hurting what they're doing. I'm now being, you know, damaging to their life. So that's when I started to say, yo, let me separate. So the first thing, man, is separate yourself. And how do you do that? Write down the benefits of, at first, write down the list of the people you're around, your top five, seven people that you're around, and then make a list of what are the benefits of each one of these people? And what value do you add to them? Because sometimes we want people to give us value, but we're not giving no value. You know what I'm saying? Like we just want to take the value, but we don't want to give value. So what benefits do they add and what benefits do you add to them? If they don't add benefits, I don't care how long the relationship is, five years, 10 years, 20 years, get away from them. And now get by yourself for a little while, learn who you are. And when I started to learn who I was and my confidence started to go up because I said, oh, I'm the guy that as a kid, I was taking out the neighbor's trash. If they had a dollar to give me, $2 to give me, they would give it. If they didn't, I'm taking out the trash anyway. Why? Because I want to help the old ladies in my building. I'm helping ladies bring their groceries upstairs for free. If they had it and they gave me some extra dollars, cool, I take the dollars, but I'm not asking for it. I'm the guy that's helping you cross the street. So how do I go from that to being the guy in the streets to selling drugs in his neighborhood? To where when I go by my old neighborhood now, they got gates all around the, all around my projects. And I'm like, yo, these little kids are growing up now used to being confined by gates. So mentally, yeah. I'm saying, me- mentally, they're looking and saying, man, I've been around gates all my life. When I go to jail, it's nothing new. I feel like I'm at home. And, and I, I'm like, yo, I had something to do with that. And I don't feel good. That, that's not a good feeling. So for me, man, like the adjustments is first you have to understand what adjustments you need to make and why you need to make them and the benefits of making them and the downside of not making them. 
And then from there, man, it makes it easier to say, wow, these with this group of people over here is going to give me everything I don't want. And this group of people over here and these activities are going to give me everything I do want. Now, which one do I want to get up and go do every day? And that's what made it easier for me, man, removing the middle and making it black and white, the positives and the negatives. Which one do I want? So would you say you you've decided and you changed because of the pain you went through? Would you say like your struggles and your pain made you who you are today? Oh, absolutely, man. I, I wouldn't change none of it. Right. So remember, yeah. adaptability guarantees my survival. So I wouldn't be able to adapt the way that I do if I didn't go through what I went through. I would be too nervous of the unknown. But because I went through so much of the unknown and came out on the other side, and some of the unknown made me better, and some of the unknown didn't help me at all. It didn't make me worse. It just didn't help me at all. So now I'm like, yo, I'm going to go through the unknown. If it helps me, great. I, I got the blueprint now to get through it. If it didn't help me to get better, I now have a blueprint of something new to study. Right. So if something doesn't work, I got something new to study now. And I love to yeah. study because I'm adapting to every situation because I understand that adaptability is a guarantee to my survival. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of people can't adapt or can't pivot off of situations just like what's happening today. How would you feel like you're adapting and how you can relate to your past and your struggle with what's going on today in the world? Oh, man, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like to take time to sit down and, and, and relax. Um, but this is forcing me to sit down, right? This is forcing me to take a look. You know, I, I, I go out and speak, so I can't speak to the big rooms. You can't have a bunch of people in a room. So I'm forced to sit still right now. And because I'm forced to sit still, it really brings me back to the basics of I have to realize that what I'm doing today might be excellent. But when tomorrow comes, it's just okay. Like what I, if you do the same thing day after day, it's not excellent anymore. It's only excellent that first day. After that, it goes to being okay. And then it goes to being mediocre. And then it just goes to you, just the average cat, right? So I, I want to, it allowed me to sit down and identify what gaps I have. And now that I see the gaps that I have in my armor, I can go ahead and bridge my own gaps. So when this is over and we're back in the world, I don't come out the same person. See, that's the biggest thing. Like right now, people are in the house and, you know, some people are out of work and it's a hard time. But mentally, it's up to you to come out differently. What can you do now? So let's just say you make three grand a month. You're supposed to be sitting down right now figuring out how, like, what can you do on your own to where you can make a hundred bucks a day? That's your $3,000 a month. And if you figure out how to make a hundred bucks a day, now what happens is when you get out into the world and you get back to work, you're not only getting that work money, but you're getting your three grand a day and you're going to turn that three into five, that five into seven, that seven into 10. And now you don't even need that job no more. You're building something on your own that you can pass down. You got a whole new legacy. Now, some people might say, you know what? I don't want to do that. I love work. Cool. What do you need to do to get that promotion? You done talked about people. You know, they got it. I didn't. They overlooked me. You got overlooked because your skill wasn't, wasn't at the point where even if them, they had a relationship the person that got promoted had a relationship with the person that promoted them. If your skill was at a point where it was so high, they wouldn't be able to justify giving it to this person that's less than average. So while you're sitting yeah. still, identify what skill you need to increase, go increase that skill. So when you come back and you walk back into the workforce, they're looking at you like, yo, I don't know what you went through, but yo, you're new. I need you over here now.
right? You got to become better, man, where you can't be overlooked. And that comes from that model of today was excellent. Tomorrow will be okay. So I need to figure out how do I make tomorrow excellent as well? And that means we got to constantly improve. Right. So, you know, a lot of people are getting affected by this uh, pandemic that's happening. What would you share to athletes and just general people to do right now? Yeah, right, man, right, right now is the time to really, really like pay attention to your attitude, right? Like watch your attitude. How, when you hear something, how do you process it? What, what do you, like, what filters are you running it through? You know, what are you comparing it to? People say, you know, right now is bad. Well, when they had the Spanish flu, 50 million people died, right? So what's, what's bad? Like when you say this time is bad compared to what? What are you comparing it to? If you're, if you're home and you're healthy and you have your health, that means you can still work out. While people are sitting around, you know, if you're an athlete, you got people around you. You got people that are in your circle, in your profession, that are sitting there watching TV. They might be eating more than normal. They're not used to, you know, being structured on their own. They can only be disciplined when they're in an environment that forced them to be disciplined. You go ahead and stay yeah. disciplined. So now when it's over, you're not the guy that's on the bench. You're the guy that's coming out where you don't need to lose 10, 15 pounds to get back to like you was. You're the guy that came out leaner and bigger than ever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you got a whole nother mentality. mentality. So you got to just really control your attitude and how you're processing things. Because when your attitude is in the right place, what's going to happen is you're going to minimize your negative impact, right? If you have an attitude that says, I'm going to dominate whether I'm working out in the gym with my team or if I'm at home working out and I got to live gallons of milk, right? I, I, it doesn't matter what it is. You, you're, you're saying to yourself, my attitude is going to minimize the negativity that I allow to come into my head. I got one place that I'm going. And I got to stay aware of that one place that I'm going. And that means I want to go to the league. I want to get off the bench and become a starter. I want to be from, I want to go from being in the D2 school to being in the D1 school. I want to go from community college to being D1 somewhere. I want to be able to walk on, right? So we got to take advantage of other people's mishaps right now. And, and some people might say, well, that don't even sound good. You know, it's absolutely good. If your mishap is self-inflicted, if you're personally sabotaging yourself, and somebody comes behind you and takes your spot, like that's your like that's your fault, right? So I'm right. looking to take it. I'm looking to take advantage of everybody's mishap who is neglecting their own mental attitude because you did that to yourself, right? If you got if you got the virus and you got sick, like I, I feel for you, and I'm not I'm I'm not trying to downplay that. Like I feel like I don't want nobody to be sick, right? And I want to make sure that when the opening comes, I'm ready for that opening. So we got to just operate in the space in, in what we have. And we got to make sure that, number one, our attitude is in the right place and focused on the right thing. And that our actions where our actions are, are doing the things that are going to allow us to capitalize on opportunities. So as an athlete, right, let's, let, let, let's, let's put this into, into format where people can hear it and they can go and implement this. Take your attitude. Think about nothing other than the positive. It's easy to think of the bad. I want you to focus on the positive. You got time. Invest your time in the conditioning your body. In invest your time in the conditioning your mind. Invest your time in the building solid relationships, whether you're using social media, whether you're just picking up the telephone and building relationships with people you already have. Take your time to now like study the game like never before, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, baseball. Like You need to know how many square inches. You need to be able to Floyd Mayweather the, the boxing ring, right? If you're on a football field, right. you need to know the football field like Floyd Mayweather know the boxing ring. I heard Kobe Bryant break down the basketball court with the dimensions, 
You need to understand the field and dimensions. If I step like this and turn like this, they can only do this. Like you need to be able to really break that down. You can't do that if your attitude ain't right. And your action, your action is don't just study it, but implement it, role play it, go out in your yard, go out in your basement, go stand on your front porch, go on the street when it's just you by yourself, no matter how dumb you might feel like it looks, but like role play this whole thing out. Take the actions of running this through in your head so that when your opportunity comes up and it will come that you are more prepared than ever before. Did you share us a little bit of your testimony of how you got this far? Yeah, man. So, you know, um, dropped out of high school and in the 11th grade, I was on a seventh, eighth grade reading level. And the reason I dropped out is because they told me I couldn't play football my senior year. I stayed back in the ninth grade from going from one school to another school. I, I lost the year of eligibility. I didn't even know what eligibility was. Right. I just know that at the end of the season, I was like, yep, I got to do this for next season. I'm talking to the coach. And uh, he was like, Pierre, next season you can't play. And uh, I was like, what you mean I can't play? I was like, it's my senior year. Like, like I need to play. And he was like, no, you, you used your four years of eligibility because you stayed back in the ninth grade. And I'm like, eligibility? I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, is that like a form I need to fill out? Like, did I not fill some? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was yeah. lost. And, and uh, he broke it down to me and he told me what it was. And I said, man, I'm only coming to school to play football. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only reason I'm here is to play football. Like, this is the way I'm going to help get my mother, you know, out of the projects. This is the way that, you know, I'm going to build a better life for my family. This is all I know. I grew up watching Walter Payton all my life, you know, sweetness and, and studied the game. So for me not to be able to play football, like that was really like a blow to the chest. I mean, I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have no one around me to say, listen, you can get through your senior year. You know, you can walk on to a college and you can go and try out. It's not over for you. And like my coach didn't even say that to me. Right. He didn't even like run it down to me. So a lot of people are playing for people that only have an interest to win games, but not to really help get you to another level. And this is what I was facing. You know, when I tried out for the my first high school football team, I didn't even have cliques. Right? I didn't have no money to get no cliques. I tried out in sneakers and I got the starting position. After the first game, I ended up playing varsity. And that, that was the worst thing. I should have never did it. That beat my legs up, my knees up like so bad um, that, you know, I should have I waited my turn. I should have went through the ranks and, and did what I was supposed to do. But I was so excited to have that quantum leap. I, I went ahead and took the quantum leap. And when I dropped out and they told me I couldn't play, and uh, I, I went into the office and, and the teacher, the principal assistant said, Pierre, why are you here? And I said, I'm here to drop out. She said, drop out. I said, yeah. She said, okay, hold on. Called the guidance counselor. And uh, the guidance counselor said, Pierre, come back here with me. I need you to sign here, here, and here. I had to sign three places. And I signed all three. And she said, we wish you the best. And I walked out of school. Now, not one time did anyone say to me, why would you do this? Not one time did anybody say to me, you know, is there somebody that we can talk to that can maybe change your mind? Not one time did somebody say, Pierre, this isn't the right thing to do. So here I am as a young kid, 18 years old, on my 18th birthday, January 6, 1995, I gave myself the dummy gift. So I don't have a driver's license. I don't have insurance. I don't have registration. I don't have a pot to piss in or a window, or a window to throw it out. 
but here I am making a grown folk decision. Right. I'm making this a decision as a grown man, but I'm making little boy decisions outside of here doing everything illegal. So this is why it's important to have the right people around you, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the people that are going to push you. And when I went through this, 45 days later after dropping out, I'm homeless. So now I'm walking the streets all night. I'm sleeping in abandoned cars. I'm sleeping in hallways with crackheads stepping over me. And when I look back at that, I'm like, man, you was the dumbest dude ever to drop out and not have a plan. I don't know who I thought I was hurting, but I ended up hurting me in the, in the long run. So I said, man, I, I got to. I gotta figure out a way to make money. So now I get into the streets and I'm hustling. And that just made it worse, right? And I could have went to my mother's house and she would have let me in, but I would have had to live by the rules, not realizing that there's rules everywhere that you go and no matter what you do, there's rules to the streets. Yeah. And if you don't follow them, you could lose your life, right? So I'm like, yeah, I wanna play with these dangerous rules. I don't wanna follow your rules over here that are gonna give me a better life. So as I'm going through all of this, man, it really helped me to, learn to swallow my pride in life, learn to not make decisions that are above my caliber, right? Without having people to reach out to. Now I can pick up the phone and I can call, you know, a handful of solid people that been through the things that I'm been, been through the, the lanes of what I'm doing right now. So I can call somebody in the lane and say, hey, this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm going through. You know, this is what I tried. What would you recommend? And I, and I got people that I, that I truly value and I truly respect that won't put me in the wrong direction. And not only that, they're certified, right? And I'm not, not certified from a certificate, but they're certified from experience. And that's what I'm looking, that's what I'm looking for, man. So that's, that's everything in the, you know, in a nutshell from the trials and errors to the, the ups and the downs and hurdles that I had to overcome. But I'm here now. Right. So take your pain and look at your pain and see what you came through. How many times you say to yourself, man, this is the worst moment ever. You can only have so many worst moments, right? right? But, but you always have that, that newest worst moment because it's the, the freshest thing on your mind. Listen, man, you just gotta look at it, look at your pain, say, yep, this is mine, own it, and then get through it, and now you're certified to go teach it, man. So that's the thing that keeps me moving, that's the thing that keeps me excited, like keeps me engaged, and got me saying, it's not just good enough for me to make it through. I want to help somebody else to make it through. It's not what you can do. It's what can you show somebody to do? Can you duplicate your success? Can you take somebody in the gym and help them to build to a level of conditioning that you have and then show them how to keep pushing to make them better than you, right? Your, your mission should be to make somebody better than you. Right. But you got to be able to know how to at least get them to your level. Right. Going through that and all those trials and tribulations, transitioning to going to help. This question would be, you know, I've seen you with Eric Thomas. You were the second speaker. How is it working with Eric Thomas? Is he your mentor? What is he to you? Oh, yeah, man. He, he man, listen, hell, I tell you, man, you know, I don't know how it happened, but I'm so fortunate that, you know, it happened between between Eric and CJ. Them two men have been a, been a huge blessing. And again, that's, you know, two people in my Rolodex that I can reach out to and get information that, that, that I need to help me get to another level. And it is one of the things he said to me a long time ago, he said, man, I could, he said, I could pick up the phone and I can make everything you want happen just like that. He said, but you're not going to learn nothing from that. 
He said, I want to give you the information and you got to go execute the information. And when you execute the information because you earn it, you're going to feel a lot better about it and nobody can take that from you. And, you know, when he said that to me, I was like, wow. I was like, yo, I love it. And it was never a handout. It was never, yo, here, take this, here, take that. It was always the information and I get to go execute the information. And I promise you, man, every time something happens, I just smile and I just send him a message, right? Like, yo, I appreciate it. And he was like, no problem. You know what I'm saying? Keep it, keep it real simple. Like, yep, no problem. Like, yo, keep going. Like, yo, you got this. And that's, you know, like he told me, yo, write the book. I published the book. I wrote the book. He published the book. So he gives me the, I get the assignment. I go execute the assignment. A lot of people want to get the information and think that the information is going to change their life. The information is going to give you the strategy to change your life, but your execution is going to be what changes your life. Man, man, because I've seen you with him and he was a big part of my life. And then it transitioned to Inky Johnson and having a group of people I watched online. God never makes mistakes. I just appreciate you even taking the time to talk with me, taking the time to even speak knowledge to me and honestly message me back when you did i swear i was like starstruck i was like man i remember showing people i was like man message me back and i just i appreciate you man yeah now listen man i i told you man you know i told you a long time ago that when when you when you find that thing you love you know you 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 will do it every chance you get right it's not it's not the money and some people get it confused, like, yo, I heard you can make money doing that. Listen, you can make money doing anything. You can make money going to wash people's sheets, right? right? Cleaning floors. Like, you can make money doing anything, but can you go change people's lives? And when I, when I hear you, and I hear you talk about, you know, the things you overcame, when I hear you talk about you want to do something, and then you go do it, I'm like, yo, like, I want to be a part of that, right? And not, not meaning I want a reward, I want to be a part of it, meaning I want to bless you any way that I can so you can have continuous growth. And for me, bro, when I said to you, listen, when you need some, reach out, like, let's have the discussion. You got to walk. Like, I, I truly meant that. If I didn't, I'd have been like, yo, like, okay, yeah, cool. Oh, man, listen, good job. You right. see what I'm saying? Like, I right, just been right. honest with you. Right. But when I said, like, yo, like, if you need something, call me. Like, when you call me, I respond back all the time. Right. I'm not, it, it's, it's. I love being able to duplicate success, right? I love being able to take what I know and help somebody else to grow. Like it's, it's huge. And when I see people truly dedicated and truly committed, like it's not, it's not always, you need to be my client. Nah, like there's enough clients out there. There's enough people out there that could be clients. I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, there's a passion. And with that passion being there, I just want to be a part of it. I want to feed off the energy, Man. right? So when you got energy and I'm watching the videos and I'm seeing you work out, I'll be, I'll be over there watching. Like, yeah, there's a few times I sat there and tried to do some of the exercise. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to leave my mom. Yeah, like, yo, my man can have that one. But you made me put, I was watching you in the, you was in the garage yesterday and, and you had the, the dumbbell working. I'm like, yo, I done went out to the car, pulled the kettlebell out. You know what hey. I'm saying? So you had me coming upside, hitting the kettlebell. I'm like, yo, my back's hurting. I'm like, yo, I see my man do it. My man did a whole bunch. I'm just going to do a few, right? But it's like, yo, just build up to that. So again, man, it's like when you see people, man, that are committed to something, be a blessing to somebody. Don't, don't always look for something in return. Don't say I'm going to be a blessing and hopefully it pays off. 
nah, just be a blessing. If you can't afford to give, then don't give. And I can afford to give my time to people that are, that are going to execute what they get. So I'm, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it where I see fit. Right. Pierre, man, I'm, I'll say it one more time just to let you know with what I went through and losing my mom and uh, listening to your video, constant videos, I would just listen to it while I'm working out. Just, I, I just found hope in your words and I find hope in your words today. And I was going through all that pain and all that heartache and, I remember right when my mom passed, I knew I, I trained my body and my mind not to stop. So I think I tried to pivot and I always played your comfortable with growth right after my mom passed. I listened to it and I was all right, time to make moves, time to make, uh, make a statement of my mom's legacy and honestly give back because I feel like I was too late. And I can't say this enough how much, how thankful I am for you to change my life off of just your words and you not even knowing at the time, but you constantly changed my life. I remember my mom telling her friends or my aunties or my uncles or anyone that was around that Jared, man, Jared listens to motivational speaking when he works out and it was always yours or Thomas's, Inky Johnson. And I can't tell you enough Pierre, like, you really did change my life. And being able to talk to you on the phone is one of the biggest blessings I feel like I could ever have because I truly am inspired by you. And it's like, it's the biggest blessing I could ever ask for. And this is a moment that I think I'll always remember being on a podcast with me. And hopefully this turns into a friendship. I continue to learn from you. But I just want to let you know how thankful I am for you and everything that you've done for me. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm completely honored, man. It's a, you know, it's a blessing that you, you know, you, you, you trust in me. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't take that lightly, man. You know, Eric told me, he said, man, your words, your words are something that's more powerful than you know, and you're going to affect people in ways that you couldn't even imagine. And you got to take, you got to handle that with the utmost respect. Um, you, you don't, don't take it for granted. And, and I definitely don't, man. And when I hear things like this, it's it's humbling. You know what I mean? It's it, it helps me where I don't have the right to quit. My wife told me, she said, you know, when you don't feel like doing a video, you don't have a choice because you decided to do this. And people are depending and relying on hearing you today. And if you don't do it because you don't feel like doing it, then you're a jerk. You know what I mean? Like basically right, like, right. Like, like that's what she said to me. And when I hear you, it, it solidifies what E said to me. It solidifies what my wife said and what CJ said to me. So I, I, don't, I don't take this lightly. You know, this, this is something to where I took on and, and for the rest of my life, I got to continue to do it because if I stop, I don't know who it's going to affect in a negative way. But if I keep going, I have the opportunity to affect in a positive way. So right. nah, man, like, you know, what, what, what you say, you know, I did for you just right there with you explaining it, I promise you, you just did for me. Oh, man, I'm so thankful. And, it, you know, just to solidify something else is I don't follow a lot of people. Um, I watch their actions. I watch how they move. And when I watch how you moved, I watch how your energy was. I watch how humble you were. Even being on stage, to coming off stage, there was no ego with you. 
I sat there, I watched, I, I came up to you, shook your hand. It was a blessing. I shook your hand. I was like, man, my name is Jerry Thomas. We took a picture together. I still have that picture. And uh, by watching you come off stage, I've learned a lot by what you've done when you thought no one was watching. And that's one thing that really solidified this man. I follow people that are real. I follow people that are genuine. I follow people that really want to make a difference with no uh, expectations ever receiving anything back. And when I've seen what you've done coming off the stage or making new videos, I definitely was inspired because that's how I want to live my life. That's how I want to become and who I want to become off of just no ego, just wanting to give my hand out and give. Nah, hey, listen, I, I see you doing it, man. I, I, I see you doing. It. I watch you work from, you know, working out with yourself to working out with a group of with a group of kids. I'm like, yo, my man, I just seen him like two weeks ago. Like he was by himself. Like it was a vision. But you you actually gave it life, man. So no, nah, keep keep doing what you do. Let's let's definitely stay connected, man. I, I'm honored, you know, to be to be a part of whatever it is you have. Um, and and I definitely respect what you do, my man. Man, I'm thankful. Uh, also, guys, like this won't be the only podcast you'll hear him with me on. This is just the beginning of it. Yeah, why don't you just drop your social media because people like me are listening and they need the inspiration that I needed when I was back then and still need. So why don't you just drop your social media so we can be inspired all together? Yeah, so um, on Instagram, Pierre5, the letter Q-L, Pierre, P-I-E-R-R-E, 5QL. Uh, Facebook is Pierre Evans. You can Google, you can put in fifth quarter living, RE 5QL, and everything will just pop up, man. So it's very, very easy to find. It's the only fifth quarter living out there. Guys, please take the time to listen to this podcast. If you guys skip to that, please go back. There's so much knowledge and there's so much growth that you guys can learn from these words that he spoke today. Please don't miss out. And also, Follow him on Instagram. This man has changed my life. A lot of people and a lot of you guys even asked how I've grown so much. It was people just like Pierre. So please follow him. Pierre, thank you so much for jumping on this call. I can't thank you enough. Uh, not a problem, man. I appreciate you having me. All right, man. Thanks. All right, yo.